This episode is sponsored by Agent CRM. If you're in sales and tired of paying three, four, or five different companies for your email, CRM, funnels, phone, follow up automation, check out Agent CRM. It's an all in one tool that combines all that you need to reach out, nurture, and close your clients. They've got weekly support calls so you can get up and running in no time. Get a free 14 day trial by going to the link below in the show notes. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Dan Nguyen with the Intentional Entrepreneur Podcast. I have a very special guest with me today, a hot guest, if you will. Um, he now is has over 20 years of juggling and flow and fire arts. He's been a board member at the International Jugglers Association, partner at the Flow Arts Institute, general manager at the Fire Drums Festival, founder and director of Club Congress. I can go on and on about fire and drums, but we do just want to get right into it. I want to welcome to the show, Mr. Kevin Axtell. Hey, how's it going? Thank you so much for having me, Dan. I appreciate it. Excited to be here. My pleasure. And uh, when our mutual friend, Mike uh, Primus, um, mentioned that uh, I should have you on the show, um, I, I wanted to get you on because uh, me personally, I haven't done fire walking, but I've done fire eating. Mm. And it was uh, it was through um, a particular seminar event with that I did go through and it was is it was a qu quite an experience. Uh, Absolutely. So, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're very closely related. People don't really realize that it's an empowerment process. It's scary mm -hmm. to put a flame in your face <laughs> and extinguish <laughs> it. And it's scary to walk barefoot on hot coals. And so they, right. they, they go hand in hand in many ways. And uh, I'm glad you did some fire eating. I also do fire eating personally, both in performance and for participants and as in a seminar context as well. It's a lot of fun. Okay. And, and before we kind of get all into, you know, what firewalking is and, and how it empowers people, uh, tell us, kind of go back and tell you how, tell us how you got into what you're doing today. Sure. Well, uh, born in Colorado, grew up in California, all up and down uh, several different cities. And in late high school, I took a liking to fire spinning and the juggling arts. And that is a whole category of essentially manipulating objects. And that led me deeper and deeper into fire arts, fire performing. And the fire performing led me to a firewalking event where my wife and I performed a show for a firewalk instructor graduation. And that was a very pivotal moment because that's when I took a liking to firewalking. And when I say that, it's not just firewalking, it's to personal growth. It, I took a liking to motivation, to transformational experience, to dynamic activities, firewalking, and my interest in that brought all of that into my life in a big way. And I happened to live in the same area where Tolly Burkan lives. And you can look him up online, but Tolly Burkan is essentially known as the father of modern firewalking. He brought firewalking to the West. He changed the dynamic from this vague thing that some people do in ceremonies out in India into this more modern practice. You know, we can all firewalk uh, and it's a powerful thing to overcome that fear and do it. Anyway, so Tali living near me uh, was a huge boost to my firewalking, my knowledge, my credentials. And I assisted him for many years before he retired. And in doing so, 
grew my credentials and my understanding as at studying under the most experienced firewalker uh, in the country. If, if not the world, you can debate that, but definitely the country. And so serving under him really solidified it as a big practice in my life. And from there, I've gone on to train other firewalking instructors. That's how Mike Primus uh, and I met. He came to my firewalk instructor training, and I've taught those in Australia and London and Spain. And uh, he's taken me all over the country and the world. And it's also helped me, you know, when you teach and inspire others, you teach and inspire yourself at the same time. And I think that being around the firewalker energy has really helped me stay motivated and inspired throughout the various hardships of entrepreneurship. I'm sure anyone listening to this podcast understands that those are fires in of themselves. And uh, from there, uh, yeah, I've blended my enthusiasm for fire spinning and juggling and fire eating with the fire walking and motivational arts. And I'm also learning and studying fire magic. Um, you know, there's centuries worth of fire props and gimmicks and tricks and concepts that magicians have been using that are surprisingly well-developed in depth and interesting and very creative. So my, you know, my end goal is this fiery fusion of entertainment, education and empowerment. And that's, that's my path. That's my journey. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Um, before we kind of get into the, the kind of the mindset part and the transformational part of, of firewalking, um, I know a lot of people are hesitant, probably just just because they don't want to get burned. But can you kind of talk about just maybe the safety and the, the practical reasons that why many, many people do this unscathed? Sure, absolutely. Uh, well, firewalking when done by a trained professional is absolutely what I would call a reasonable risk. When done incorrectly or by someone who hasn't been trained or and formally certified, it can be extremely risky. So in a bad example, you know, of someone who's not a professional, someone who's not trained and certified, you're looking at third degree burns, not being able to walk for a long time, skin graft surgery, I could go on and on. There are various things about it that can be extremely dangerous when not done correctly. However, when you firewalk with a trained individual, a certified instructor, someone who's done their due diligence to learn the craft and not just rake out some coals in their backyard, <laughs> the risk is much more reasonable. It's possible any given night for anyone crossing coal beds, even someone very experienced, to get a minor burn, a tiny blister, what we in the industry often call a fire kiss, reframing and all that. Um, and it's, it's nothing serious. People all the time have walked around barefoot, you know, without socks in uncomfortable shoes and gotten a little blister on their foot. Very similar, very similar to something like that. And the majority do not receive any kind of burn or blister. And a small percentage of people often will receive an inconsequential uh, burn or a minor burn. And again, really emphasizing the difference between someone who is like out at a party and rakes out some coals is like, hey, come on, or <laughs> sides, and someone who's yeah. studied it with masters and been given the thumbs up and, and go ahead. Uh, 
the reality is a real firewalk, a genuine firewalk carries that risk. If, if we present a coal bed that is absolutely dead, a cakewalk as it's sometimes called, the coals are basically out. There is no risk. And yet the, the, is the value not in some of that real risk? You know, we want to have, mm-hmm. create genuine, authentic experiences of fear and hesitation and confrontation because it's the process of going through that, overcoming that, moving beyond that, that is empowering and exciting and memorable. Uh, so the bottom line is in a real firewalk, there is risk. When done professionally and with a trained individual, it's reasonable risk. I often compare firewalking to downhill skiing, which is much, much more dangerous. People die downhill skiing all the time. And no one in society is like, oh my God, I can't believe you would do that. Are you crazy? But that's the, often some people's response to firewalking. It's like, well, yeah, it's far less risky than something like downhill skiing. But also I like the, the comparison because in downhill skiing, you have green hills, blue hills, black diamonds and double black diamonds. And the same is true for firewalking. It's not a singular risk level. There is a huge spectrum, a range and uh, degrees of danger and risk. And there are such things as a double black diamond firewalk. And there are such things as a green, easy firewalk that anyone at any level uh, can do. And oftentimes people think of firewalking in a very singular, it's this, but it's, it's a spectrum. And so the trained instructor is going to gauge the level, the energy, the environment, the moment, and, and, customize that risk to the appropriate level because I wouldn't go skiing if there weren't any double black diamonds. There's value there. There's value in risk. People skydive and risk their very lives. And I feel most people, even if they will never do it, have a sense of why you might do that. The rush, the risk. Well, firewalking is like bringing a little skydive right into your backyard (laughs) with way less risk, Mm -hmm. you you know, as as a playful uh, analogy. So yeah. that yes, there is risk. It's reasonable though. It is mm-hmm. very reasonable when done professionally. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, you know, there's an argument to be made is just driving in your car daily is probably more dangerous than physically. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. It is yeah. definitely. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if you've ever seen the show, the office. Oh yes. I love the office. And I bet you're talking about the firewalk at the beach episode. It- One of the best episodes in the whole series. (laughs) Pam changes in that episode. Yeah, yeah. Pam changes. She finally, Mm -hmm. after what, three Mm -hmm. seasons, speaks up. She speaks her truth. She says what she needed to say, and she's forever different. And even though the actual firewalk itself in that was a little cheesy kind of Hollywood effect. (laughs) Yeah. the, The fact that it was her pivotal moment as a character is so powerful. And of course it was hilarious watching Dwight roll around. Yes. Coles as well. Great episode. Yes. So, Love so it. for, for so, so anyone who's not seen the episode, um, uh, Michael Scott, the boss takes the whole group out for a, basically a beach day. And, uh, he's, he's gunning for a corporate position. So he lays out uh, a fire walking, um, uh, uh, kind of event and, and if I recall correctly, is that basically whoever firewalks over gets my gets my position, and no one no one does it. Uh, and I think 
Dwight, like you said, he does it, but then he says, I'm going to keep walking over it until you give me, like, <laughs> basically holding a hostage. But then Dwight falls over and he's like rolling all over the hot coals. <laughs> give me the in job. Classic, yeah, in, in classic Dwight fashion. Give me the job. Yeah. And then everyone goes to talk about it and sit, but while no one else is watching, Pam goes out alone and crosses that coal bed and immediately comes to the group and gives them a piece of her mind, says everything she's been wanting to say. And I love how that speaks to the spirit of firewalking. Push yeah. past the fear, the, the, the hesitation, and do it. Do what you want to do. Great episode. Yeah. So let, let's kind of get into that particular part because I think it's a good segue. And what's um, you know, firewalking represents, generally speaking, for a lot of people who go through this, uh, go this particular process. Process like, what type of people, um, typically come to an event like yours that they want to do? I assume they come into it wanting to do firewalking. Yes, yes, okay. it, it's rare. Sometimes a company will hire me to do a firewalk for their employees and mm -hmm. not tell them it's a surprise. And let me tell you that. That is a funny energy when the people didn't know that that was going to happen. <laughs> for the most part, they know. And it, it does vary. For example, I lead the firewalking instructor trainings. Mm -hmm. And usually that is going to be a combination of life coaches, entrepreneurs, chiropractors, interestingly enough, often come to firewalks. Uh, you've got spiritualists and seekers, mm -hmm. energy worker types, uh, Physical fitness coaches and athletic coaches will come because it is a, a motivation and mm -hmm. a training course. So even if they're not necessarily going to firewalk with the softball team, they're, they're amping up their ability to be a motivator. Then there are people who just come for life reasons. The fit or the firewalking instructor training is a world famous course. And there's two or three schools who lead it, myself included, at the firewalking center. And it's not just firewalking. It's mm. glass walking, board breaking, rebar mm. bending, snapping an arrow with your throat. I go on and on. It's just a ton of high impact activities. Mm. But uh, circling back to your question, that was for the instructor trainings. And then we have the public firewalks. Now, this is a much more broad group. This is just them coming for a one night firewalk. Mm. You get everything. People who want to make a change in their life. People who are just looking for a fun story or a good time. Fire enthusiasts, whether they're firefighters or fire eaters, they're often coming. Business and salespeople, um, NLP and hypnosis, major firewalking category. A lot of um, NLP and hypnosis enthusiasts come through your firewalks. So there's a little more specific category of people who come to the instructor trainings because they, generally speaking, intend to use the teachings and the, the activities themselves. And then we have people just looking for empowerment. Now that's people who might come to my public events in terms of businesses that bring me out to their events. That ranges pretty widely. I recently went out and did a firewalk to celebrate surviving through the pandemic for a plumbing company in Savannah, Georgia, right? They're, they were just essentially celebrating. I also just got back from New Jersey where I was working with CEO Warrior a really good company for any entrepreneur to check out. They do amazing work, good promotion, great company to model as a coaching industry. Anyways, um, and I went out there and that's a, a pump it up, high energy, overcome your fears type of situation. Um, and sometimes it's about sales and amping up the sales team. Sometimes it's about celebration. 
Um, there's a fairly wide range. Firewalking is a flexible thing that can fit into many scenarios. You know, I've, uh, I've done board breaking. I've done, like I said, um, um, uh, a fire eating. And can you talk about maybe the, the, the biggest transformation or maybe the most memorable fire walking? Like you, you, someone came in for any particular reason. And by the, by the end of the night, it was, your mind was just blown by, by their transformation. Yes. And having been doing this for a long time, there's a, so many stories that I can pick from. I'll take one. Um, an amazing uh, woman, we'll call her Raven, came to a, a, a two-day event. It was just one night, two afternoons. She did the firewalk. She did this game we, that's uh, called the Samurai game. It's just about trying your best and, and doing it. Anyway, she wins the game out of like 25 other participants, does the firewalk, a week later, she moves to Peru, drops everything she was doing and wanted to go study uh, under these teachers in Peru and always just told herself she wouldn't. And she just decided to. And that stayed there for years, years, took a whole new life path, left her job that she wasn't happy in. I mean, we're talking that degree of impact. Many, many, many people have quit smoking and quit or stopped drinking alcohol based on their experience. And often it's, what do we want to do? What's right on the surface? We're not there. We need a breakthrough moment. So it varies widely. A slightly intense version, I've had people break up with their significant other right after the event. And the significant other was rather upset with, <laughs> with me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I imagine. Didn't, I didn't tell them to do that, right? People yeah. have... People have had dramatic experiences with the, these things. A woman who lost her son to um, cancer and his name, the son's name was Chris. And now there's the Chris Lanos Foundation worth checking out if anyone's into it. But she had been going through the grieving process for many years. And she came when I was still teaching with Tolly and Tolly was there with me. And after a speech from Tolly, shifted her whole mindset, started this new foundation, a nonprofit that gave iPads to sick kids in the hospital who couldn't afford them who, so that they could reach out and explore the world in that way. And that's what her foundation has been doing for 10 years. And to suddenly have, you know, it was always insider, but whatever it is, cracking the creme brulee shell inside us so that <laughs> it can be released. She, yeah. she, she founded this foundation. It's going to this day. It's making a difference in the world. And it transformed her grief. It didn't remove it, but it transformed it. And so in this world, for those who have been teaching firewalking and high impact activities, we're blessed to just have endless examples all the time. My, my students, the people who I've taught to lead these things, they share these amazing stories. This person did this and that, and it's pretty dramatic sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a while back, you mentioned, um, like the corporate events, the, the bosses don't say this is a firewalking <laughs> event. And, and, and I'm sure you get your handful of like, Hey, I'm not, I'm not doing this. Yes. Like, I'm freaked out. So how do you kind of, handle situations like that. Cause there's a, like, there's that, but there's a lot of peer pressure, right? Especially if all your there coworkers. Is. And it's important and to avoid that because <laughs> it needs to be a personal decision, right? You, you don't no. want someone walking who has been 
pressured to walk and doesn't walk? And that's a great question. Um, that's not one I get a lot. And the answer is um, one of the things I do is I encourage everyone not to make their decision until the time comes. And I have this narrative uh, about how some of you have decided, yes, I'm definitely doing it. Some of you have decided, no way. Don't make that decision yet. Wait until the moment has come. Give yourself the opportunity. Stand in front of the coal bed and then decide. That really helps. Telling everyone to take their shoes off actually really, really helps. Uh, even if you don't plan to walk, take your shoes off, right? Just, just helping them to the edge. And then one of the biggest things is the moment they see it. When they see somebody they've been working with for six years, cross unharmed there, in all of us there's this moment of oh well they could i i could like when they seeing is believing they see it done not just done but done by people who they know that makes a big difference so you bring them to the edge you encourage them not to make the decision you take the shoes off and it's it, we call it a sacred responsibility you really have to honor the no as well it's your job as a facilitator when someone goes they come to the edge and they go nope not for me Great. Good job. Honoring your intuition. I, I respect that. Let's step aside. We'll keep this going. I'm proud of you. Even if the people on the sidelines are, come on, you try to dissuade that and you let people hold their space because with all these things, the choice, the, the my choice, not the pressure, the choice to do these things is held as a, a sacred responsibility for a facilitator of these activities. Someone told me this where in, in kind of a group dynamic, um, if someone asks a question or asks for volunteer, it's not so much the first person going first, exhibiting leadership, but it's actually the second person going after the first person to kind of validate that particular decision. And in your in your experience with the fire walking, and I'm sure you get you you ask who wants to go first, and probably get hesitation. How, how, what do you see in those particular instances, uh, people kind of doing, and and your observation of leadership during that moment? Sure. Many years ago, I always walked first and it felt like that was necessary. These days, I almost always ask who would like the honor of going first? And I'd say 95% of the time, someone absolutely raises their hand mm -hmm. and it definitely breaks the tension with the group. As soon as whoever it is, me or someone else, I find it's even better in a way when it's someone else because they might perceive, oh, he's the firewalker. Of course he can do it, right? But if one of their own does it and they, they're, not, they're not crippled on the other side, they've just got their hands up and they're excited, <laughs> it helps so much. It breaks that tension. So I used to have to always go first. And these days, I think that enough people know it's firewalking that it's a less of a thing. It's still, it's still a thing. Um, every once in a while, there is a, a design, whether it's the birthday person or the boss who wants to lead the way or the, you know, some instructors still to this day will always walk first. And I find with a group who's there, you know, for at, as a unit instead of random people from random places, I find that when one of them walks first, it cuts the tension like none other. They're like, all of them feel like, oh, I can do this when they see their own. Right. And I think it's, 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 you know, there's a lot of group dynamic at play in, in those particular scenarios. So it's, uh, it's, it's interesting to observe, um, 
how, and I'm sure every group's just a little bit different, um, but in the commonalities is, is um, you know, uh, people, once they see more people going, then it's, it's, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, I, I can do this uh, type of mentality. Um, we're we're going to kind of get near the end here. Um, you know, what, what would you share about firewalking that maybe most people don't know about? Well, so many things, but let's see to, to narrow it down. It's, it's a high impact activity. People don't often get experiences that you will remember for the rest of your life. Everyone remembers their first firewalk. You don't forget the first time you walked on broken glass barefoot or the first time you bent steel rebar with your throat. These moments are indelible and the intensity of them is just etched into our very system. And with a good instructor in that experience that you will never forget, that will always be with you in a special way, you can weave in powerful life teachings. So you have this memory that will always be with you. And if that carries with you a, a, a powerful teaching, all the better. You know, I, we often say, I often say in my event, years from now, down the road, I'm sure you will forget my wonderfully wise words to you tonight. <laughs> I am not offended. Don't worry. But I know that you will remember the moment you stepped on those coals. And I hope that that moment for you means something. What's on the other side of that coal bed, you know? Literally, some grass. Figuratively, energetically, symbolically, what are you trying to cross? What's holding you back? What are you afraid of? What's the hesitation? And I hope in life you step forward. So that's one of those things is it's on the level of skydiving or cave exploring, or extreme motorcycle racing. <laughs> but it's a little more achievable for most of us. It's the type of thing you can do. You can go to a firewalk. You can have that experience. And I guess that would be the one thing I'd want them to know is it's an authentic, empowering experience. It's one thing to stand in a convention hall, pumping your fists and going, yes, yes. I can do it. That's great. I have nothing wrong with that. I love that. But it's different to actually go through a physical experience of fear, excitement, and transformation. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then for me personally, you know, with the board breaking and, and, and uh, fire eating wasn't just the acts of doing it, but it's what those things represented yes. um, in, in, in doing. Um, you know, you mentioned about, uh, uh, walking through glass. It just reminded me um, the first Die Hard movie. I don't know if you remember this. <laughs> Classic <movie>. glass walk. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they yeah. Did, kind of did it act, not on purpose and not. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, people conjure that all the time when we <laughs> when we bring out the glass and rake it out. Uh, yeah, that's probably gonna wipe, wipe that from people's memory. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hey, thank you, Kevin Axtell, for your time here. So much. Um, you know, fire walking, fire arts extraordinaire. And as we wind down this particular interview, um, we asked our entrepreneurs uh, rapid fire questions All right. about their about business. So you ready? Ready. All right. So who do you look up to? 
Tolly Burkan, my firewalking mentor, Jeff McBride, my magic and performance mentor, uh, Dr. Paula Clark, a professor at the community college I went to, and Brandy Axel, my wife, who is an emergency room nurse. Very good. What's the best business book you've read? Well, there's so many. I like them all. I love the seven habits of highly effective people, but right now I'm going through a few that I like. One of them is Captivate by Vanessa Van Edwards. It's great. It's about holding attention, engaging people, leadership, communication. I'm also reading a fun one called Swim by Walter Bond, and he uses sea animal metaphors like sharks and suckerfish and parasites uh, <laughs> to talk about leadership. And uh, so those are some ones I enjoy. Then, of course, Let It Be Easy by Tali Burkan, my mentor, is another one I got to throw on there. All right. What's the best business advice you've ever received? Be quick to make decisions and slow to change your mind. Don't, you know, it's mm -hmm. good. You, you want to be able to change your mind, but I would be slow to make quick, be quick to make decisions, slow to change your mind. In other ones, keep the big picture fresh and in front of you. Why are you here? You know, is it to help people? Is it to do this? It's so easy for your big picture purpose to get separated far, far away from you. You got to keep it right. Like the carrot on a stick. What's your purpose? <laughs> Remember it, bring it out every day, write it down, repeat it, say it. What's your big purpose? Keep that big purpose out, moving you forward. Those would be the two. All right. Punctuality, be on time. Uh, what, what's the word? To be a master of time and space, you have to master being at the space on time. Time. Very good. Um, if, you can, if you can change one thing or do one thing over again, what would it be? I would study up on websites. You know, I'm always having to hire people to do my websites. I feel these degrees of separation and websites are just everything, right? So, mm -hmm. like, I would have learned to program websites. Yeah. All right. And um, how much of your success would you attribute to hard work and just luck? Well, uh, I, I, I'll take a, I'll curveball that one and say persistence. There have been times I didn't work hard. There have been times I worked my absolute ass off, pardon me. And uh, there's been some luck involved, absolutely. And there's been hard work, but it hasn't always been hard work. But one thing I always do is try again. I always get up and I feel like I've made endless mistakes, but I just keep trying. Wake up the next day, try again. So that falls into hard work, persistence, and yet it's slightly different. So really, I'd put that pin on persistence for me. All right. And finally, what's the uh, biggest challenge in your business today? Biggest challenge in my business right now is probably social media. I've always been the type who likes it enough that I plan to do it myself. And of course, it's such a monster. And yet it's more important than ever. I was in a webinar recently where someone said, there are more ways to connect with your audience for free than ever before in human history. And that is both a good and a very uh, challenging thing. So the complexity, I, you know, I, I, I'm having a hard time doing the social media I want to do. Uh, and that is, and signing up young people, firewalking esque experiences have a huge impact early in life. And the sooner mm. we change our trajectory, the more we get to where we, you know, a new place. So often the courses are just higher ticket items. So getting a mm -hmm. 20 year old or a 25 year old in a uh, empowerment course is uh, the exception not the normal often it's 40 year olds who are already pretty empowered <laughs> mm -hmm. so getting getting the young people into the high ticket courses would be the other one all right we've got kevin axtell fire 
Firemaster Extraordinaire. Um, if we want to experience you, want to get in contact with you, experience your 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 events, how can we get in touch with you? I think the best place in this for this podcast is the firewalkingcenter.com. The firewalkingcenter.com. Great way to connect with us on our website, on Facebook, on YouTube, Firewalking Center. Uh, and I would love to reach out and talk firewalking. Thank you so much for having me, Dan. I appreciate you inviting me to the Intentional Entrepreneur Podcast. I've had a blast. Thank you so much. And we'll talk soon. Take care.